0: Well, good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast retirement network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. And our top story today, the times that adults should have life insurance. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Phil Snyder is with the Warner Companies. Dad, great to see you again. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning.
1: Hi, Jeff. Good morning. Happy to be here again.
0: All right, Dad. It's the beginning of the year. Obviously, a happy new year, uh, although I've said happy new year to you numerous times since the beginning of January. But Including your audience. Yeah, but for the purposes of the audience, Happy New Year to you. It's not like we don't talk. All right, so so I want to tee this up. We're going to talk about life insurance again today, but Mm -hmm. is this the appropriate time of year, New Year, to not only look at your finances, but also look at your coverages, life insurance, home insurance, health insurance, all these insurance coverages, but particularly life insurance? Well, uh,
1: there is no perfect time to do that um you could do that anytime throughout the year but seemingly this is this is a point in time in the year when people reassess their circumstances they, they've got a whole new year in front of them and so i think it's an ideal time to do that uh, it goes along with the new year's resolutions and things of that nature and so i think it's a good time
0: and a lot of people a lot of people may have gone through some big life changes they may have gotten married they may have had children. They may have bought a house. All these things need to be contemplated, right, in the in the context of life insurance.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it, life is an evolving process, as is life insurance. If you're going to buy life insurance, you're going to buy it because you think you need it for any number of reasons, whatever those reasons may be. Um, whether they're business reasons, whether they're personal reasons, whether they're family income, whether it's to cover a mortgage, whether it's to provide liquidity to a a business agreement, whatever the case may be. Um, Certainly um, uh, it's an evolving process. You know, life changes uh, over time. Uh, You you have children, you enter into a business, you buy a bigger home, whatever the case may be. There are all kinds of um, circumstances within one's life that change. And so frequently reviewing life insurance is just a natural part of the overall evaluative process.
0: Let's talk about uh, death for a minute. And that's just a natural part of life. And, you know, a lot of us don't want to talk about that. I know it's hard to imagine the end, but life insurance really is important for things like, is it really important for things I should say? I'm going to ask you the question. I'm not going to make a statement. Is it important for things like burial expenses? end of life expenses and also if you have gotten married you have a spouse or you have children this is the time when you would need it
1: well yeah I think life insurance and I think we've, we've discussed this previously life insurance just is is a source of cash it's a ca- it's a source of cash when cash is needed whether it's burial expenses whether it's to cover um, uncover medical bills um, uh, pre Uh, you know, um, before death, whatever the case, whether it's long-term care expenses have been incurred and maybe money's borrowed, it really doesn't matter what it is. Life insurance is just the source of cash. It's cash available on the installment plan by paying premiums. And And that's maybe the simplest way to look at it.
0: And in your conversations with with people, is it really hard to have these types of of end-of-life conversations? I mean, uh, you want to protect those you love, you want to make sure that they're not burdened financially, but, but a lot of us don't want to think about that. We don't want to think about it. I'm 50, as you know, 50, soon to be 51. That should not come as a surprise, by the way. But, okay. you know, I'm maybe halfway through my life. Is it hard to have these types of conversations with people uh, because people don't want to think about what is ultimately inevitable?
1: Well, yeah, I think, I think a large part of what I've done over the years, and of course, my business has evolved over the years. So what I was doing 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I'm probably not doing in the same way today. But we, I've always viewed this business as uh, creating relationships with people, creating a, a comfort level that people can have with you, engaging people in conversation. So they really are going to tell you what their thinking is. And you're going to help them along through by educating them by, by bringing up ideas that maybe they hadn't thought about, and helping them evaluate things and create a plan that's their plan. People are all different. You don't want to. Sh- it's never been productive for me to shoehorn people into a fixed solution that I think should apply to everyone. We're all different. We have cultural backgrounds. We have so- social backgrounds. We have familial situations. They're all varied so you've got to get to know your your client and your client has to have confidence in you so you can engage in these kinds of discussions. And and that's the healthiest way to go about um, figuring it all out. So if you think about
0: compensation as a pie and part of that compensation, I'm saying an individual's compensation, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. part of that compensation is used to cover cost of living expenses. And by the way, those have gone up, as we all know. Uh, some of that is gone, going towards retirement. Some of that is going mm-hmm. towards fun, uh, which you're mm-hmm. allowed to have, by the way. You can go on vacation. You can go to see Orioles mm-hmm. games, Ravens games. Well, you won't be watching too many Ravens games th- these days. But in all seriousness, how do you have that conversation about this fixed pie and, how, and where to allocate this money to make sure, like how much you put away towards the future, how much you put away for today?
1: Well, a lot of that's driven by the capability of the individual you're talking to, to number one, recognize all these kind of needs and number two, be able to fund them. So then you have to prioritize what's most important. So if I, if I'm a, a young uh, married, if I, if I'm working with a young married couple, um, and they have small children, their needs are immediate needs are, are more clearly definable. So you may not get to a point where you're going to talk about retirement, even though retirement is something that they need to consider. But right now, if they have no life insurance, for example, then then you have to talk about providing income should the primary breadwinner pass away prematurely. And you've got all those kinds of expenses. You've got ongoing family income needs, which you need to project out over time with some rate of growth in those numbers. You have educational needs for your children. You have a mortgage, potentially, and maybe other debts to clear off. So there, those are the basics. Uh, and that conversation may be entirely different for someone who's approaching retirement um, because their needs are going to be different. A lot of those expenses are behind them. So then the question becomes, well, what are my future obligations? Do I have enough money? If I don't have enough money, how am I going to get the money? And if I can't get the money through savings or earnings, or whatever the case may be, but I still need that money, then maybe life insurance fits in for that individual. Then you have the ultra wealthy who buy life insurance for other reasons. So there, no two are ever the same. And that's really for me and has been the fun of the business, getting to know the client, striking up a relationship, forging a long-term relationship, and then working with them as their lives evolve to help meet their needs. Well, Dad, I need to take a very quick break. and we come back, we'll
0: talk more about the times that you will need or may need life insurance. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. What do you see as a defining issue of the midterms, especially for the smaller businesses? I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docuseries. 33 years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it
2: helps you live a life that you love. But you got to start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in.
0: The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans, and we're going to change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network.
2: The call and the consultation are free.
0: Well, Dad, welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for sticking with us for segment number two this morning.
1: Sure. My pleasure, Jeff. Hope it's helpful.
0: Absolutely. And I, I want to pick up something that you you, you talked about, fostering a relationship, building, um, building that relationship with a client. These types of conversations don't have to be scare tactic type of conversations, right? To scare somebody. It's about informing them. And, and a lot of us don't want to hear it, right? We don't want to talk about some of these issues. But the reality is, you don't have to scare people into, into doing something. You don't you just maybe have to give them a little bit of a, a nudge with information.
1: But yeah, uh, I, I view what I do as consulting. Now, we do, we do some fee-based consulting in our practice, but by and large, I'm trying to get to know people. I want to know what they think. I want to give them some ideas and educate them and answer their questions where, where needed. I want to bring in other competent professionals who can help them. They may need a lawyer. They may need an accountant. They may need somebody to manage their money, whatever the case may be. And we want to bring together what I hope would be a team approach to help people figure out what they're doing, what their needs are, and how to build a financial plan for the future. That's the goal. And then, and then further that relationship as long as you can.
0: So, besides paying for burial expenses, maybe paying for college expenses, you can also—I think you alluded to—use life insurance as a to grow wealth. And exactly. my, my understanding is that life insurance, when paid as a death benefit, is tax-free. But how can you build wealth with an investment vehicle life, like life insurance? And and by the way. Okay. You can be a modest person. You don't have to be, um, you know, uh, Warren Buffett.
1: Oh, for sure. Well, life insurance has, I will call them, three specific tax advantages. One you just alluded to that, generally speaking, 99.9% of the time, life insurance is tax-free to a named beneficiary. So if I die and I leave $100,000 to my wife, that money's going to be received free of income tax. So that's advantage number one. If you're buying permanent life insurance where you're building cash in the policy and as opposed to term insurance where you're buying protection, relatively inexpensive protection for a finite period of time, um, then the cash growth within the life insurance policy is going to be tax deferred. So there's no current taxation on that money. And thirdly, Excuse me, a little bit of a cough this morning. Yeah, I don't want to get you um, choked third, up, Dad, on this. This is not, yeah, this is, no, no, we don't need to be sentimental no. here. Thirdly, thirdly, there are ways to manage tax-free distributions of monies from life insurance um, that uh, through loans and through withdrawals that if managed properly can can provide supplemental income and and I should maybe add a fourth. If you're building cash value in a life insurance policy, regardless of the type of policy, and there are, these things come in all different flavors, but if you're building cash value and you have an emergency where you need to put your hands on some money quickly, you can always withdraw or borrow money from a life insurance policy. So if I, I have a need for $10,000 that I don't have otherwise in cash, then I can always go to the insurance company and gain, and gather I can borrow against my accumulated value in the policy or withdraw, or both. So it serves all those purposes. So it's kind of a unique vehicle in that, in that sense, nothing else really can do that.
0: And there are different flavors as you have talked about on the program, but you've got to pick the right vehicle, whether it's whole term universal, just those broad descriptions. Mm -hmm. I know there are different subcategories, but it really is trying to figure out what vehicle works for you. And by the way, Your needs could change over time where you could start off with a term life policy, but maybe transition eventually to a whole life policy.
1: Well, that's that's true. Again, you've got to define what are our goals. And in order to figure out your goals, you need to be educated to some degree. You need to have conversations about those items so people gain a comfort level and an understanding. It's really important that people understand why they're doing what they're doing. That's most important because otherwise you never have buy-in. And we've gotta be on the same team, develop a thought process that works and a level of trust that works between the client and their insurance broker, even between their lawyer and other professional advisors. There has to be a relationship and an element of trust both ways to make it work effectively.
0: Last question. Uh, if sure. someone has a preconceived, a pre-existing condition, not preconceived, well, maybe preconceived, but it's a pre-existing condition—diabetes, mm-hmm. cancer—they mm-hmm. can still qualify for life insurance, but but there may be caveats to that, right? So, just because you have maybe a, a familial heritage of something, that doesn't mean you're throwing the to towel and saying, "Eh, you know, it's not going to work for me."
1: No, I, I of course, um, life insurance underwriting um, has changed a lot. And so you can have access to relatively modest amounts of insurance at younger ages with very little medical, I'll call it evidence of insurability, where you have to divulge all oh, of your medical background or where your medical background will will impede your ability to get coverage. But um, it, where there are significant medical issues, you're really, you'd be doing yourself a favor to kind of pre-underwrite before, you, before you're presented with something that you may not be able to get, you ought to find out what you're able to get before you're presented with an idea. Um, because I'll give you an example. I have a fellow right now, not to, not to be overly specific, who's 51 and he's, um, he's heavy, he's overweight by his standards anyway, and he has controlled hypertension with medication and he's wondering, I'll never be able to get, in this case, it's disability insurance, but the same idea holds true for life insurance. I'll never be able to get coverage with these circumstances. Well, the answer is, sure you can. We can find a carrier and we have that'll issue him coverage on a standard basis, as though he never had any of those concerns. So you sort of, you got to work with brokers who know the market, um, who can who can do the investigatory work where there are where there are maladies in place, medical maladies, and figure out what's the best way to go about it? And oftentimes, when we're dealing with clients who have significant problems, they're older ages, for example, and um, and buying larger amounts of insurance then we want to pre-underwrite. We want to find out what's the market really going to look like when it comes time to apply for coverage and not hypothetically, let's just apply here because I know the company and we will get a good deal. Well, you may not get a good deal. So it gets a little more complicated and a little more cumbersome on the front end, but it produces better results on the back end.
0: All right, here's my real last question. I want to ask you about rising interest rates. We've had the Fed try to choke off inflation. How do rising Mm -hmm. rates by the Federal Reserve, or do they, Uh, have a direct relation, do they have a direct relationship with, if I go out today to buy
1: life insurance? Short term, probably, well, again, it depends on the nature of the product you buy, but if you're buying a, a product where the interest earnings of the product are a result of the insurance company's investment return in and of itself on its own portfolio, then in the short term, we're not seeing any real marked increases in interest rates. And that's because the insurance company's portfolio turns over piece by piece over a period of years. So money that a small portion gets reinvested in something more current each year. And so there might be nominal increases in interest rates in the short term over the long term. Certainly it will it will elevate interest rates, crediting rates and insurance policies. Now, having said that, there are other products that are more based upon external Um, sources of of income that could be um, uh, sub-accounts in a policy that look like mutual funds. They could be index rates that that are tied to, for example, the S&P return. There are all kinds of products out there, but by and large portfolio-based products, and I know this is a little esoteric, but portfolio-based products in a relative short-term, if interest rates go up, they're going to go up very modestly. Yeah. Well, dad, we're going to have to leave it there. really appreciate you coming on the program. We try to do
0: this once a month with you and we appreciate your insight. We look forward to having you back on the program again very
1: soon. All right, Jeff. I hope it's helpful for you and your clients and your, your viewers and uh, happy to help.
0: And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, Someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness finance tech, so much more in all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? We'll visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.